You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. And the thing is, can you be curious? Can you come in here and tell me what you like? Can you tell me why you're standing in front of that painting? Coming to you from Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. Periodically, I sit down to brainstorm sessions for future episodes. I turn to the many notes I have taken over time whenever inspiration strikes and dig into all sorts of ideas. Curiosity practice pro tip, keep a notebook. You just never know when you're going to want to go back to something that caught your eye, even just once. Those are fun sessions, and I never know quite where they will take me. I recently had the privilege of hearing Margot Lee Shetterly speak about her book, Hidden Figures, which got its start through a grant from Virginia Humanities. If you're not familiar with Virginia Humanities, then when you're done listening to this show, I encourage you to check them out online, virginiahumanities.org. They aim to share the stories of all Virginians, or better yet, find ways for people to share their own stories. And they make grants to help that happen. Having heard Ms. Shetterly and interviewed Wilma Jones about her book, My Halls Hill Family, another Virginia Humanities-funded project, and thinking I had found a pretty promising and kindred enterprise, I went poking around their website for inspiration. I was immediately rewarded when I came upon a recent grant made in Arlington to AHC Inc. and Studio Pause for the creation and distribution of a handmade book of personal reflections on the year 2020, set in historical context, to be distributed to every household in the Gates of Boston affordable housing community, whose residents are among the authors, along with other studio participants. Now, I ask you, what is not to love about that project and premise? Susmita Mazumdar is an artist, writer, and educator. Studio Pause is where she works and invites others to visit, learn, share, and celebrate the art and writing of others. It is, as she puts it, about making time to explore creativity and celebrate community. The more I read, the more her focus on creativity and community, their reciprocity, their essential exploratory nature spoke to me of life and work infused with choosing to be curious. I think you will understand why I'm so delighted to have her with me today. So welcome, Sush. Hi. Thanks for having me, Lynn. This is so fun. It is fun, and it's going to be hard to contain it to this one episode. (laughs) You wrote on your website, you believe everybody is creative and everyone has stories to share. We just don't explore them because we don't have the time We don't think we're very good at it, and we don't think anyone cares. So you created Studio Pause. Why pause? Well, you know, I think I must have experienced some of all those three things myself, because when I opened Studio Pause, I already had a list in my head of the different places where I had been uh, and what makes me comfortable and what makes me not comfortable. Where are the places I go to where people care and where people don't care? What are the places 
where people make the time and where people don't make the time, right? So I think when I was at the point of what do I do next, I already had this list in my head, uh, but you know how like life is your market research. Uh, so for me, that was the reason for starting that space. I wanted to explore what kind of a space would I make for myself if I would make the time for it, right? And so when I did that, I had this feeling somewhere in the back of my head or in my gut that others might need a space like this too. So it, it was an experiment and I tried it out. And I knew a lot of people as working as a freelancer and as an independent artist, I knew a lot of people in different places, but they had never met. And so if I could invite them to a space, which was the kind of space I wanted to be in, what would it be like? So that is how I started this. So let me just say, I looked at your website and there are all of these classes and these opportunities to come and explore one's creative self. They're all invitations. Every one of them feels like an invitation. It doesn't feel like an announcement. It feels like an invitation. So you have this specific grant, This I have to give it credit for bringing me to you, this project with AHC that also feels like an invitation. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I think, I think one of the main things that I found in, in places, in spaces, community spaces that I've been to is the lack of invitation, right? Mm. A lot of spaces are, we are awesome. We are so good. You have to get a piece of this. And if you don't get it, you're too bad for you, right? Or we are really serious about this thing and you must make time to do this. Otherwise, whatever, right? So I found that the warmth was missing. And of course, it doesn't mean I don't go. I go to those places. I see what people do. I see how people create things based on who they are. That is just the only normal thing to do. There are places which are inviting, but how do what do they think is inviting? And so uh, one of my things always is if I see somebody in the hallway there, like peeking in, seeing what is in this room, you know, my front <laughs> door of the studio has a glass front and it's right next to the restrooms. <laughs> so there's always people peeking in. I will go and open the door and say, hi, I'm Sushmita. This is my art studio. Would you like to come in? Actually, I found that a lot of people, a lot of communities don't mix and they don't mix because nobody invites the other person in. And so the title of, or the tagline of the We Paused book is an invitation to connect, reflect, and share. And if we are going to invite people, then how does our language have to be? What does our, you know, communication, our images, everything kind of depends on that. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about sort of how you're actually doing this book. There is a studio community and these are, again, like I said, people I meet randomly, <laughs> not randomly, somebody told somebody else, and somehow there is a studio community. These are people who come to the studio often. They understand what I do, and they help me with it. <laughs> they are everyday people. They are writers. They are artists. They are moms. They are researchers. They are photographers. You know, when the pandemic happened, the building, I'm in the Rinker Community Center, and the building close to the public. So nobody could be here. And I was home for three weeks. And then I realized I could be here if I came up the side entrance with my fob. Uh, but nobody else could be here. It's close to the public. 
you know, when that happened, it's not like I was not in touch with the others, the usual group that comes in here for writing or for art making or for receptions. We were in touch in different ways, either by text or a writing pause, which we meet weekly, went online. Um, these young youngsters were teaching me Google Hangouts, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. This is hard. Did I do this right? And then, <laughs> you know, Zoom happened, and I'm like, guys, I got Zoom for business. Let's do Zoom. And, you know, so we were doing that. People were coming here to meet me. They're like, can we meet downstairs? We met at the playground here, masks on. I would just take two chairs and run down the stairs. And we would sit in the playground. We would sit on the slide and talk. We met for walks. So we were talking. I was still in touch with what's going on with them because that's what we do. We kind of check in with each other. What are you doing? What are you thinking? How does it feel? Did you, oh, you should write that down. Oh, so she's always telling me to write things down. And I'm like, yeah, you should write that down because otherwise it's just inside of you. When you write it down, it comes outside of you. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it's just writing. So I was in touch with people like this. I was seeing what they're posting on Instagram. I noticed somebody started making masks. I noticed somebody started gardening. You know, so there were so many different ways in which I was taking in what different people, the studio community was doing during the pandemic. You know, the studio itself was still quiet. The neighborhood was quiet. I was thinking these kids who come to my studio, the resident kids, how are they handling, you know, virtual school? AFAC has a food distribution here in this building every Friday, and that was still going. People were standing socially distant with masks on. So I knew AHC Inc. was doing all these things for their residents. They were doing rent assistance and food assistance and educational help and health assistance and all these things. But I know the kind of help, the creative things, art and stories and, you know, how we connect through that. So it started me thinking when AHC is doing all this other stuff, this is stuff they cannot help with because they don't have the bandwidth, they don't have the expertise. But at the studio, we do this all the time. So I pitched to the resident services director, Susan Davidson, and I said, you know, I was just thinking, would this be of any help to you? And she said, oh my God, this is the stuff, you know, we don't have the bandwidth for. I said, you know, we do. Um, so let me write up this grant. And as we were talking on Zoom, she said this beautiful thing on how what she thought about the project. And I said, Susan, can you just write that down and email it to me? I will start my <laughs> grant application with that. And so she did. She said, you know, how do we cope? And this is unprecedented. It is There's no roadmap to follow. And maybe the answer is in sharing our stories and our poems. And maybe that's how we can connect and not be isolated. And uh, that is how it started. So it is taking the stories of the studio community, the stories, the art, the photographs, the songs they were listening to, the lists they were making, and putting it all, you know, if people can't come to the space, can the space go to the people? And I'm a, a book artist, so can I make the space into a book and put all these things in them with places for people to write their own stories? This is the story of so-and-so who made a mask. Did you make a mask? Write your story or send a picture, you know, and then send this book out to the 460 apartments. That's the plan. Wow. So where are you in that process now? 
It's very interesting because the process was unlike anything I have done before because the times are such, the methods, like, you know, nobody's coming in here. We are doing everything on Zoom. I have translators. I'm working with a native Spanish and Arabic speaker, and they are not professionals, but they Mm -hmm. are willing to translate in the process. They get to connect with me and with the studio and our editor and be part of this creative thing because, you know, they have other jobs which are not creative or they're, you know, stressed out being at home. So we are we are inventing this as we go. We are like, oh, I need you to do translate. But she's like, oh, I don't have an Arabic keyboard. I'm like, how do you write in Arabic? She's like, on my phone. I said, okay, then <laughs> you text, you email me. I am sharing on Zoom. You look at that and you write on your phone and you email it to me. And then I will take from the email. I'll copy and paste it into my InDesign document. So this is how we're doing the translations. And, you know, to see what's working for them. So my Spanish uh, translator, Ruben, he's, uh, we're doing it on Zoom because he actually, we love to be face to face. And, you know, he'll say, oh, have you seen the scene from this movie in which the Joker does blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no, that I don't watch those movies. They're so violent. And he's like, okay, I'm sending you a clip. You know, it's not that violent. And while I'm watching on my phone this clip he sent me, he is translating into the chat on Zoom, you know? And so this is our thing. This is what we do. And so it's taking longer because... But this is the only way we can survive kind of thing, you know? So um, it's very interesting that I haven't, I've done translations and work like that before, but not like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this mm-hmm. is what is needed now. This is the only way we can do it now. You know, I, I took Latin as a kid. And one of the few things I remember was something about necessito es mater studiorum, like necessity is the mother of learning. Uh-huh. Right. Which is what you're doing, right? It's like, okay, we have to figure it out. I don't know. How do we do this? We'll learn together. We'll do it together. Right. And I think that was the fun thing. So right now I can show you what it looks like. The project is called We Paused. And then it is an invitation to connect, reflect, and share. And we have it in three languages. And that is based on the languages spoken in this community. Uh, And this is the fun part of it, right? Because this is a one page. It is one page. Oh, so the book is really, it folds out like an accordion or a map. Yeah, Yeah. and it is a map. It is a map. But it's a book. The Balsam community, which is in the historic Buckingham neighborhood of Arlington. And this map was drawn by my intern, who is an artist. Um, And this is the basic book with all the basic information. And then inside the creative work, they will be printed as signatures, you know, and they'd be sewn inside. And then in the middle here, we have a pocket and there'll be some uh, other projects in there. Well, I told you that I'll have the first signature ready by today. And so when we talk, you know, I can share all that with you, but we have people who had not submitted their writings yet, you know, because. A lot of people don't want to go back and remember what they did. So there's a lot of that going on. But somebody just recently said, I'm going to send it in. I'm so sorry it took me so long. Friday, somebody else came in and I asked them and they said, yes, we will share our story too. So my first signature will change because now we have, I think, two or three new stories getting in there. 
so actually the project is really interesting because you're you said about the necessity and learning you know to, so i worked in advertising for 15 years in my life or my you know my first career and you know there we have a project and we work to finish the project and to send it out into the people because we know that when we do that we will get the results that we need this project actually is the making of the project itself is the learning how do people work at this time how is everybody doing how do the old systems hold up or do they not hold up and wow we have these new systems like thank goodness otherwise i wouldn't be able to do this book if we weren't editing on zoom if we weren't translating through the phone you know it's going at a, a pace of its own and can we be okay with that can we not freak out <laughs> luckily i'm not freaking out yet <laughs> well it makes sense to me that the process is at least as important, maybe even more important than the product, which is not to say that the product isn't valuable too, but how we get anywhere matters. Yeah. And you know, um, in the studio, I mean, it's funny you said the process. I hadn't thought about that for this book. But whoever comes to my studio or when I'm teaching online classes, I always tell people there's a big white trash can by the door at the studio door. And I tell people, whatever you've created here, you know, feel free to just throw it in the trash can when you leave. Because the point of you being here is not what you're creating here. It is the fact that you spent the time to be here. Right. And that is what the studio is all about. That is what the classes I teach are all about. I mean, it's so cool to teach on Zoom. I tell them, I don't need to see you. I don't need to see what you create. Because the fact is, what I'm interested in is that you've signed up for this one hour class. And whatever you create is what you create. And feel free to rip it and chuck it. If we can give our everything to the process rather than focusing on the end product. If we can be in the process and learn a million things and see how it goes, the book we create will be different than if we are racing to just create a book by the deadline, right? Because I could have done that. I could have finished it. I work. I usually work alone, right? So I could have finished it a long time ago. So I'm teaching myself to, to be patient. So that is a big thing I had to learn. And I learned that during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah. After it goes to people, they're invited to send their things back to me. And on this clay-colored wall in the studio, we have the shows. So we, as we get the uh, responses from people, we're going to put it up on the wall and there's going to be a show here. And we'll have a reception on Zoom or by that time if things open up, I don't know. You know, I hear all of this and I think curiosity enterprise. Is it a curiosity enterprise in your mind as well? That is such a cool phrase. Um, it's beautiful because, you know, what is the only other phrase we hear about curiosity? curiosity Kill the cat. The cat right? <laughs> so it's clearly the non-curious people who came up with that phrase, by the way. <laughs> because clearly nobody's been killed here. It's been the curiosity enterprise. I love that. It has been here. It's been starting year nine in September. And the thing is, can you be curious? Can you come in here and tell me what you like? Why are you standing in front of that painting? Can you tell me why you're standing in front of that painting? And can you tell me that, I don't know, it's 
it's this pink. This pink is doing something to me. I'm like, yeah, can you tell me more? Can you be curious about that? So everything in here is about that. Oh, how did you do that? I said, I did it like this. Would you like to learn that? I can show you. And then they say, yeah. And then we set up an art pause. And it is, it, you know, that's how we work. It is not that I have this great program of classes that I teach and you all must take it because it's so helpful for you. But it's really like, you know, we, I, we do all these things here. Um, is anything, you know, catching your curiosity? Would you like to explore it? You won't be a great artist by the end of it because I'm not. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm, I cannot ask you, you know, how do you do that? And then play with things for a bit. So that is, I think, maybe what people get that they are invited here to be curious, to be silly, to ask, you know, idiotic questions like, what is that? That looks so messy. What is that? <laughs> and I've had people come and say, can I take a picture of the space? That places can also look like this because, you know, my wife will never have a dinner party because the room will become messy. And so he wanted, oh. the man took a picture to show his wife. And so, you know, what are we not doing when we think curiosity is going to kill the cat, right? So I think curiosity enterprise is awesome because that is, this is what we are. And so when we talk, we're like, we're listening to everybody and what they say makes us more curious. And that is how we want to know more. And then they, they get excited because we are curious and asking for more. And then they tell us more of their story and that's how we roll. And what, what my audience can't see is your wonderful hand gestures of these big, expansive roles that, that again, is sort of this both demonstrating, ah, it's a great gesture. It's both demonstrating this sort of rolling, but also it feels like you're sweeping people in. Again, it's this sort of invitation gesture. I love it. I love it. <laughs> very, very cool. Very cool. Well, I have an invitation for you. Okay. To join me in my big jar of wannabe analogies. Are you up for this? Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is my big jar. And okay. there are slips of paper in here. And on each slip, there are words. And we're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on these slips of paper. Uh, okay. I have one. I have one for you. And we have one for the audience as well. So yours is Caterpillar. And mine is Lily Pond. So would you like to go or you want me to give it a shot first? Um, sure, whatever. Why don't you go? Okay. How is curiosity like a lily pond, huh? Well, you know, I was just on Amtrak for the first time in, you know, forever uh, this weekend. And, you know, you go through a lot of wetlands. And I don't know if they're really lily ponds, but I was looking at the, the water plants I guess I would say that they're like that they're like that experience um, is like curiosity because there's the thing that you see on the surface, and sometimes it's not especially interesting looking, and other times it's quite beautiful. But there's all this stuff that's also going on underneath, and you don't know what that is. You don't know what may emerge. That things are just kind of floating there. And they're there whether you notice them or not. And I think curiosity is the same thing. It's there whether you notice it or not. And if you go beneath the surface, right. there's a lot more there. <laughs> so how is curiosity like a caterpillar? That's so beautiful. 
So, you know, the, uh, the first thing that came to me as a caterpillar is firstly, it's furry, it's creepy and it's colorful, right? But it goes like slowly, slowly, right? So curiosity is like that. So for those people who come in here and are not familiar with it, who've only heard the cat uh, comparison, right? They take very little steps and that's fine. You can always take very little steps, move very slowly into this world. But when you get there, eat some leaves as you go, when you get there, there is that, if you embrace it all, there is that butterfly uh, moment where you know you will realize it. You will realize it and it'll be so beautiful that it was worth it being creative, right? So that is the analogy that I see in the little movement of the creepy fuzzy guy. <laughs> and then, you know, the they all become butterflies. So, you know, that it will always be worth it if only you will let yourself move forward in those little small movements. Oh, you slay me. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, it's Fabulous, fabulous. Well, nature is full of this, and you picked out, are they all nature-themed things? No, they're, they're quite random. And in fact, the one for the audience is tractor. How is curiosity like a tractor? So I put words in here, but I invite other people to put words in here. So I, I, I never know what is going to come out of this jar. It's always, but it's always fun to see what people do with it. So, Lovely. Yeah. So audience, how is curiosity like a tractor? Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy, let me know. Well, Sush, this is, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. We're going to have to figure out how to do more of this. Oh yeah. Well, you know, this is, this is what I do all the time. I have other projects coming up. I can let you know. This is so important, the work you're doing, because to encourage people, to tell them to look wider, to turn their heads and look what is going on, be curious, ask those questions. It is so important. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can find all my previous shows on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to Be Curious, and on my website at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. Don't forget to send us your tractor analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my guest, Susmita Mazumdar. Check out links to Studio Pause on my website. I've also got links to Virginia Humanities, of course. Thanks, too, to Sean Ballack for our theme music. And this is A Burst of Light by Del Rey via Blue Dot Sessions. I hope you'll join me again next time. And until then, choose to be curious. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter. 
Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. 